0: Hi, this is Travis with Known Legacy. Thank you so much for listening in. Hey, listen, if you haven't done it yet, we'd love for you to subscribe to uh, the podcast wherever you get it. It helps us out a ton. You can also follow us on uh, Facebook for the time being at uh, Known Legacy Ministries and uh, Instagram. We'd love to see you there. And uh, today we are going to unpack uh, how to lead your kids when the building is burning. You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. So my my, uh, aunt was in town the other day, and she listens to the podcast, which is cool. Thanks, Aunt Barbara. You're fantastic. And uh, she made for me uh, apple cider donut bunt cake.
1: No way. Bunk? Oh, yeah. yeah. Bunk?
0: Bunk cake. Remember that from my (laughs) big fat Greek wedding? Oh, yes. Bunk? And it was... Absolutely fantastic, and I had every intention of saving a piece for you, but it didn't work out because it you're, was gone like in a day and you're a half. A jerk it face. was fantastic. You throw it in the microwave just for a little bit, warms it up. Oh, it's so good. So, anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. Aunt Barbara, you're the best. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, you can Google um, apple cider donut Bunt cake, and uh, you too can send us one at knownlegacy.org. So I'm thank a little you.
1: hurt, Aunt Barbara. I'm a little hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make sure that he didn't give me a piece. Anyway,
0: so it has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about today. I just wanted to throw that out, and uh, we are suckers for food, and uh, thank you very much. Love it, love it. So I was looking so anyway. up this
1: this list of um, misconstrued statements, and uh, it's funny because uh, there was one, uh, Clairol, you know, like that uh, makeup company, launched a curling iron called Mist Stick.
0: The mist stick.
1: Mist stick in Germany. Even though mist is German slang for manure. Oh no! So when they brought it over there, it was manure stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Coca-Cola's brand name, when it was first targeted, it was first marketed in China, was sometimes translated as "bite the wax tadpole." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah! Oh. Mm, delicious. Let me give you some cash how so I can did. bite the wax tadpole. How that
1: did? Um, you know, uh, there was. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, there was one when KFC when it was, you know, there's a lot of these Chinese ones. Finger looking good. Yeah. I, first thing, we have issues. K, if, you're, <laughs> if you're eating KFC, there are so many other options. <laughs> we need to counsel you. We should do a whole podcast on how not to eat KFC. <laughs> but KFC made ch- uh, chicken consumers a bit apprehensive. You remember the old saying, you know, finger looking good. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's translated in China as eat your fingers off. <laughs> So I don't know if that's good or not. Um, it, you know, uh, Parker Pen was another company, and they were expanding into Mexico. And uh, you know, so so the actual tr- the actual statement was, "It won't leak in your pocket and embarrass you." Like it, it, right. won't, it won't leak. Well, uh, it actually because of the the word amb- "embarazar" or something like that, it actually translated to "it won't leak in your pocket and make you pregnant." Oh, well that's so good. Just in case you need to know. <laughs>
0: hey, let's be honest. If we're gonna buy a pen, we want to buy a pen that will not make us pregnant. So that's
1: good. <laughs> you know, Pepsi's slogan uh, was uh, "Pepsi brings you back to life." You know, you oh, know, yeah. come back to life with the greatest generation, kind of thing like that. And it was uh, it was actually debuted in China is uh, Pepsi will bring back your ancestors from the grave. <laughs> I think marketing went up. I think they actually sold some more that way. It was like, where are they? Aunt Charlie, know, Uncle Charlie, where are you?
0: Be- became the rave at all the funerals. Exactly,
1: exactly. So, you know, and then I read this other one that in 1979, I believe it was NORAD, they had actually um, put in a, a training tape. Remember the movie uh, War Games? Oh, would you like Absolutely. to play a game? Would you like to play a game? With Matthew Falcon Brother. and everything? Absolutely. Oh, so One good. of the
0: defining moments of the 80s, you know? Oh, it was this so kid good. hacking like, into the government exactly. computers.
1: Incredible. And loved it. So, um, but in 1979, someone accidentally put in a training video of the Soviets bombing America. So, like, all of these places, all these cities had these giant red marks on them. Oh, no. That were showing, like, so, I mean, it was crazy, like, like. Uh, 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 fighter jets were in the air. The president was in the plane. So, in the so mobile they, plane, they, they put
0: in and distributed to all of our military this training video, which was just for a hypothetical. But they Everything. saw it as real. Reali- like, this yeah. is really what's happening.
1: Yeah, and so and it was it was stopped quickly because they realized, wait, there's no bombs in the air. Yeah. Counter, you know, and, and they realized that someone actually put in the wrong training tape. I don't know if the guy still had his job after that. <laughs> I would wager bet no, probably not. But so, so so I, all these misconstrued statements and things, and then we get to Wednesday of last week and we get to May and June of this last summer. And man, I got to tell you, my heart was saddened. It was Mm. broken by what I saw. And, and this is not a political of for or against of either. It just, what it showed me was. Wait,
0: let me, let me translate that for everyone who's listening because
1: they may misconstrued
0: this. This is not a political podcast. So if you get all riled up because you think we're political about this stuff, it is not. Please don't send us emails. Don't get all mad. Don't repost. Don't take this... I. Facebook is a great example of being misconstrued and misunderstood and absolutely people importing whatever they're thinking at the time into whatever you're trying to post. And there's no way you can write it in such a way to clarify it a hundred percent. Exactly. And all of a sudden you, you put something out there and the next thing you know, there's 30 comments from other people that have nothing to do with the original post, but by God, they're all arguing with each other and condemning each other to hell. And it's, it's let the party begin. And well, yeah, at and least I don't have a pen that makes me pregnant.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, so, it, it made me sad, you know, It, and I know that other parents have come up to the same moment when your kid walks down with their phone. was like, Dad, did you see what's happening in Milwaukee? Did you see what's happening in Seattle? Did you see what's happening or, you know, in, in like Portland and things like that? And, and all of these statements and these questions and we're caught with an impasse as a parent on how to do this correctly. So literally... How do we lead our kids while buildings are burning? Right. How do we tell our kids and direct them in the right way? And so we wanted to talk about that today because first and foremost, um, there is this thought sometimes that runs through my head. And I know it runs through other parents' heads. Like, man, I feel so bad for my kids. Mm. This generation is going to grow up in such a terrible time and all these kind of things. Uh, and and I've, I've, I've come to realize that, man, Scripture is clear to say that for such a time as this that we are created. Mm. For such a time as this, do we have an opportunity to to not to not just encapsulate our children and say, God, please don't 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 hurt them. We're going to talk about that today. But how do we direct their steps? Because God created them now on purpose. It wasn't like He woke up and went, Oh no, uh, oh how did I do this? I totally messed this up. But but for these kids to say, God's like, I have designed them right now today to handle the problems because I need their parents to pour into their heart so they're ready to handle what's going to happen to them.
0: So it's shifting from how do we go from whatever the ideal plan was that we had to this idea of we've got to prepare them for the world that is. Um, and, and investing in them and their hearts and their foundations in such a way that regardless of what happens tomorrow, they have that foundation that they know they're loved by God, that God is for yeah. them and not against them, yeah. and uh, that they can face whatever lays ahead, yeah. you know? Yeah, And I think, I, I you know, going to your point, I, I, I do think that one of the things that, that um, has happened in our culture is we've been lulled to sleep thinking that all the bad times are behind us, you know? And we look at these wonderful... Tragic pictures of like the Dust Bowl, you know, and how hard it must have been on those families in the Dust Bowl. But thank God we figured out farming and agriculture, and that's never going to happen again. Well, the reality is, you're right, the Dust Bowl might not happen, but another tragedy is going to come. Part of the human existence is learning how to, with courage, step into the tragedy that is now Yeah. And do what God has uniquely called you, gifted you, and strengthened you to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so instead of being reactive to these elements, we want you to be proactive. Proactive. And so the first thing is we need to teach our children about biblical courage. Mm. this is a lot easier than it seems parents
0: well it seems like biblical courage is just standing up and yelling louder than the other guy right isn't that isn't that i think that's the part that we
1: get that we get so dissuaded from we don't (laughs) you know it's like well we want to sound right we want to sound correct and all these things but we need to teach our kids examples of biblical courage which means it supersedes what's currently going on to to another level of god's word is true here's how those in god's word handle this so there are a few steps
0: so uh, not to interrupt you no, yet again, um, but, okay. but the imagery that you use often, I think it, it applies here perfectly, is this idea of we want to we prepare our kids in such a way that they take their eyes off the moment and look to the horizon, knowing that God is still God and that God is coming for them one day and that God yeah. is going to be with them regardless of what happens now. Absolutely. So ha- take your eyes off the moment and put it on the horizon, and that's what allows us to enter into preparing for what lies ahead, not just reacting to what lies ahead.
1: Exactly. So step one. When teach, teach our children about biblical courage. This is very, very simple, parents. You don't have to be a scholar with this. Joshua 1, 9 says that, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We've talked about that a lot. But this is it's a more practical example than that. Dads, moms, look up in the scripture of, of different characters. I'll give you four to start with. You have Joshua, Moses, Daniel, and David. And look them up, and just just look up even online. Just hey, you know. Um, well, I'm going to throw story. one more in there. Go for it,
0: Steven. Stephen, Stephen. Okay, yes. Book of Acts.
1: And so, so, so take these take these characters. Find out their their read their stories first, and look at these chapters and ask your kids a few questions. And we'll put these notes inside the uh, inside the actual podcast. So we'll have these notes for you to look at that that you can just you can jot down afterwards. But the first question is, who were they? Like, where was their family from? Who are they? Just simply ask your kids, where did these kids come from? Because you have some of these kids who were raised in, in very, uh, you know, prestigious areas. Moses, you know, the, you know, you know the, the adopted grandson of Pharaoh. Right. You know, and Joshua, who was the promised kid, and Daniel, who was, you know, uh, uh, David, who was the rejected son. Right. You know, and Daniel, who was, who was stripped from his family.
0: Yeah, and the chaos of Daniel's life yes. we often overlook because it's like, oh, he's in exile, he's in Babylon. But you don't understand, like, the journey from seeing everything he knew being destroyed like that and then being brought into captivity, slavery, basically, not knowing if he was going to live or die, and now he's in the palace, and to, to be able to see that story and process yeah. through that, and say, see, it's not always a linear, like, well, X will be Y, then Z. Yes. It's, it's different, and yet God is the same in all of those stories.
1: Yes, and so it's, so it's who were they? And then number two, what trial did they face? So, so look at the reality of, okay, they each had a different element of a fear or a, you know, a struggle. I mean, David had a, he had a few. Obviously, David and Goliath is just one of them. Right. But you have tangible and you have these, these kind of emotional battles that they each fought. And you could ask your kids. What do you see? Because what you're helping your kids see is to, to them to look at the word and rightly divide it and go, what I'm seeing is this. What I'm seeing is Daniel struggled with this. Yes, that's, what, you know, and so you pull it out of your kids and just ask these simple questions. And then number three, how did they conquer the trial? What are the things they did? Did they trust God? Did they not trust God? Did they take a bold step of faith? Did they stand up for what they believed in? Did they, did they fight for it? Did they, you know, so... Pull these conversations out for your kids so they can begin to really divide the word and say, I see that people were conquerors. I see that these guys did great things and they are truly contemporaries of us. Like they they can be someone that is a counterpart of who we are in the current dynamic of life of going, Wow, I really associate with David. I really associate with Joshua right now in life, whether it's at school, whether it's the fears and anxieties, whether I'm being picked on, whether I'm being bullied. I mean, each of these are in there and you can begin to help your kids begin to find someone in scripture that they, that they match with to go, my story sounds somewhat similar to them. And so that's number one, teach them about biblical courage. Right.
0: And what I love is when you read those stories, what you see is that these guys didn't throw tantrums. These guys didn't throw fits and they didn't, they weren't like that little child that was just out of control. And unfortunately, I'm seeing that somewhat in our culture today where something <coughs> something doesn't go our way and we throw a fit. That's not what we're seeing. Yes. There's a strength and a courage and the meekness of these men as they face. And it's not just the men. I think of Esther is another great story. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yes, absolutely is this woman who's put into this an incredible situation, and she has a heart for her people who are being oppressed and, and rejected and actually being slaughtered. And she does the unthinkable, putting her own life on the line. And it's this strength that, that we want to focus on, not throwing a fit, not screaming louder like we're an infant, but to have that courage to say, I know who I am. Exactly and I love whose it. I am. Yes. And so I can in strength move forward diligently with the next step.
1: Yeah and there are many men and women in Scripture, Deborah, people who stepped up and so there are amazing examples in Scripture and, and it, takes, yeah, it takes us stepping up to go, let's research this out. So you, you ask God to examine your heart to find some examples of courage. There are so many. And it takes us mining through these, these pieces of gold to find the ones that we can share with our kids. But it's not that hard. It's just simply taking this little, who, are they, who, who were they, what trial did they face, and how did they conquer the trial? Mm. Number one, teaching them about biblical courage. Number two, teach them that they are salt and light. You know, our kids and us will always come in contact with an eternal being. We've forgotten that no matter who we are, we are eternal. we're either eternally going to be with god or we're eternally going to be without god right
0: because he will honor our request to not be with him because we've rejected him
1: correct so you know uh john chapter three this is jesus talking to to uh um uh, this is jesus talking to nicodemus Mm. and nicodemus Mm -hmm. comes to him at night this really smart religious leader who knew everything about the scriptures who who, you know who is the teacher of teachers and here he is and in the middle of the night coming to the king of kings. And he sits here in verse 14. Uh, uh, Jesus is talking to him. He says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. This is a story that he was very, very familiar with when everyone was being bitten by those snakes. Oh, yeah. and he, held up oh, yeah. he held up that little, you know, that, that serpent on you know on The bronze snake, yep. right. And uh, and it said, so must the son of man be lifted up. So Nicodemus like, oh, my gosh, I'm seeing this. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Absolutely. And what I, I love
0: about Nicodemus and again, talking about courage, um, I think that's one of the things that that some of the the offshoots of courage is being inquisitive. Right. Yeah. It takes yeah. courage to ask questions and not just repeat what's been repeated, not just throw out there the, the clever meme that kind of uh, affirms the echo chamber that you're currently living in. But it's to actually to, to pause and have the inquisitive spirit of saying, OK, what's really going on here? What is truth? how do we find truth in the midst of all of the noise? And that yeah. is a courageous stand. And it takes courage to call a spade a spade, even if the spade doesn't necessarily agree with your echo chamber. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and even though that might mean that you are, are removed. One of the guys that I, I listen to on, on podcasts, his name is Dave, David Rubin. And he does a Rubin report. And, and what I love about this guy is he was um, a, a, a liberal through and through. You know He's a, um, a homosexual, deep thinker type guy. And uh, all of a sudden one day he woke up and he goes, wait a second, everyone I've grown up with says that the Republicans are all evil. Every Republican is absolutely evil. That can't be. And so he started to ask the questions. He started to have an inquisitive spirit and started with courage to, to kind of stand up against the narrative that was being pushed onto mm. him within his culture, within his people. Yeah, And he ended up at a different place than, than many of them. And the challenge was he lost... Almost all of his friends and all of his community group because of the courage to have an inquisitive spirit to say, wait a second. This doesn't add up. Yeah. What else is going on? And I think that's why, you know, when, when Paul's writing to the early church saying, hey, don't forget our battle is not the the flesh and blood battle. You think it's the person in front of you or the person with a different political view of you. It isn't. That is not the battle. The battle is the deception of the evil one that is continuing to whisper lies into the hearts and the minds of all people. Yeah. You know, even the people on your side quotes. Correct. He's whispering lies and deception. And so we with courage need to pause and say, my eternal, my citizenship, it trumps whatever government or whatever citizenship I currently have. And so my job is to yeah. ask with that citizenship in mind, the inquisitive, the questions of going, okay, God, what's the spiritual battle that's raging right now for the hearts and the minds of the people? And what would you have them hear?
1: You know, just, you know You bring up a good point. See, everyone has this God-shaped hole that is only going to be filled by the power and and, and the freedom that Christ can offer. You know, uh, in in Revelation 21, 8, it says, As for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So we have an opportunity because all of these people that we come in contact who are eternal beings— will go one of two places forever. And so we need to help our kids understand that the people who, who are angry and hurting and lost are not angry and hurting at them. They are hopeless and they need something bigger. And so right. we have an opportunity to bring, th- bring that to them by being hope and light.
0: Well, and, does, and doesn't that part of that say, our, 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 um, we, we, w- there is a, um, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, there, is a, uh, there is a desire in us to be right and to win and we yeah. forget that the the temporal win of now might actually be the biggest loss if we're continuing to lose the ability to speak life hope and, and grace into people's hearts yeah, yeah yeah and i would rather take a momentary loss now and have a hope for the eternal win than vice versa yeah but i think because of the the speed and the the um the pace of everything that's going on right now we're all wrapped up in what's the latest thing that happened on Facebook what's yeah. the latest thing that happened here there and we are forgetting to take the the temporal eyes and put it on the eternal and say okay what's the what's the eternal win here not just that temporal moment of ha I made my point
1: yeah up yours kind of right, thing right and so so as we continue to help our kids understand that. Everybody that they come in contact with is an eternal being. And so their words and their actions towards that individual matter, not just for now, but for eternity. So help our kids see the heart of Jesus in this. I mean, Jesus met people, even the man on the cross, the thief on the cross, who he said, remember me. He didn't say, well, you had a really crappy life, so I can't. He said, I will remember, you know, today you, you will be with me in paradise. I think it's Luke... The end of Luke. I can't even remember. But uh, but because j- j- it's coming to mind right now, and, and you can look up that story, but God had grace and peace and mercy to these people at the very, very end of their lives. So number two, teach them that they're salt and light, and everybody they come in contact with is an eternal being. Yeah. And number three, Golly. teach them to be bold. And I love this one. First Timothy 4.12, it says, let no one despise you for your youth. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. We forget, just like you said, Mary was a teenager when God called her out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel were teenagers, taken from their home, kids, Mm -hmm. and God used them to change the world. If you go through, um, you know, you know, as you look through through the life of these kids, David was a was a child. He was a child. Yeah. He in and, and when 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 Samuel came to anoint him as king. And his brothers are like, there's nobody else in the house. Oh yeah, we got that idiot brother who out there who just tends sheep. Completely disregarded. So don't think don't think that even though the world overlooks the value of our children that that they have nothing to offer. Right. These are the moments that as we continue to teach them the biblical courage, teach them that they're salt and light and then teach them to be bold that their voice matters right right now. Daniel chapter six is a great example of this now. This is long after Daniel has has he, he he's now in in like old guy and he's gone through many things. You know, they've had the you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They ate the pulse. You know, they, they decided to eat the, you know, the vegetables in mm-hmm. the water. They wouldn't bow down to to these to, to this idol. Daniel, this is now now on to the next king that Daniel continues to say, hey, the king that I serve is much higher than this one, but he serves the serves the king well And in the midst of it, he is favored by this king. Well, these guys tried, they tried to, 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 to trick him. And the only way that they could trick him was by using his, his own religious laws against him. And so, uh, they signed this decree with King Darius and they said, Hey, listen, people can only pray to you for, for, for one whole month because they knew Daniel's character. Right. And I love it. And they said, so, so they signed this decree. Therefore King Darius signed the document and the injunction in verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, He went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, opened toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks to God as he had done previously. Mm. He had already purposed in his heart long before the crisis happened what he already believed. It is our role as parents to train our children up now to speak life and hope and give them principles to live by now. It's not at the moment of the trial that they need to know this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that they weren't supposed to eat that meat. They knew that they weren't supposed to, stay, to, to, to bow down to that idol. Daniel knew those th- all those same elements. God took teenage kids who long before had purposed in their heart to do what they knew was right according to God's word. And that is what the world needs right now. They need our, our children to step up, but that takes us. We are the ones who have to speak the life into these kids. We have to remind them who they are as children of God now, to be courageous, to spend time in God's word.
0: So, so thinking in very practical terms, let's say you have younger kids. Let's say f- you know, seven-year-olds and younger, eight-year-olds and younger. Here's your job. Make sure your kids know the story. You know, they don't have the abstract thinking ability to really process courage and stuff like that, but just make sure they know these stories, these great stories. Um, You know, the flannel graph stories that we grew up with in Sunday school that, that, you know, just make sure they know the stories of old and then when they get older, our job is to transition from knowing the stories to what does that mean? Like, what's the deeper purpose in the story? What's the deeper application of the story? And help them become inquisitive about the story, not just knowing the details of who Shadow being Sha and Bendigo is but to, to really put themselves into with the abstract thinking of like okay teenagers it's easy to go along with the crowd these guys didn't why you yes know? yes and 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 what was what were the pressures that these guys were facing from their peers from the culture from everything else to just go along it's only a month. Just do it for two weeks. Yeah. Everything will be better in two weeks. Just close, close your be, doors and go into your closet. Everything will be, it's only a month. Play the game for a month, pretend just for a month, and after a month, everything will go back to normal, right? Yeah. Instead, these guys had this fortitude, this foundation that said, even a month is too long. Yeah. I cannot negate and neglect worshiping my God Yeah. for even a moment. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that, that, again, courage Strength, boldness. Yeah. You know, Um, and again, it's not throwing a tantrum and it's not yelling louder than the other person. It is a strength in the midst of the storm, the lighthouse in the midst of the the waves crashing around it. that, That actually will be the hope that others will begin to look to as the storm rages and as everything that they've put their hope into begins to dissolve away from them.
1: Yeah, the consistency that they already knew to do. And I love it because if you jump back a few chapters to Daniel chapter four, these four guys who stood up, in the midst of a tyrant Now we talk about Some people believe that You know that this tyranny Is so so bad And the laws are changing All the time But you had a guy who Murdered when he wanted to He woke up one day And said I'm going to Take over this He, he, he you know uh, Nebuchadnezzar made a decree Whenever he wanted to You know today People can only wear orange You know whatever Like he could do Whatever he wanted to Whenever he wanted to And no one could say Anything about it And at this moment Four teenagers Shook the heart of a king mm. This guy was told by God that he would be taken down, Nebuchadnezzar, this evil, tyrannical king. And you know what God did? He said, hey, I'm going to give you chapter 4 of Daniel to write. So he took this evil dictator who said, I need you to write me chapter 4. And so here he is, this guy who who, who was told, you're going to be made a beast of the fields. And a year later, he's standing on top of his castle, and he's like, look at all that I've done. And before he finished this statement, God turned him into a beast His claws got big He started eating grass He had hair all over his body And he literally became an animal For seven years This guy was a beast of the field The leader of the known world Wow And, he, and after seven years It says in verse 34 This is the king of the this, this is the king King Nebuchadnezzar said At the end of the days I Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven And my reason returned to me And I blessed the most high And praised and honored him Who lives forever This is what he says For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing and he does according to his will among the host of heavens and among the inhabitants of, of the earth and none can say to him what uh, and stay his hand or say what have you done and i love it because nebuchadnezzar makes that claim and in verse 37 it says now i nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honor the king of heaven for all his works are right and his ways are just and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. The king of the world said, God is in control. Right. So there's moments now that we feel like it's running out of control and we have no hope. And it's going to get dark and it's going to get scary for those who call themselves followers of Christ. That is just a biblical truth. Right. That's not, indic- you know, that's not indicative of who's in charge right now. That is a biblical truth. Are we preparing our kids for the time such as this that they have been created for? It's up to us, parents, to step up and teach them about biblical courage, teach them that they are salt and light, and teach them to be bold and let no one despise their youth. Because four teenagers showed a king, the king of the world, that there was a greater king, the king king of the universe, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so we have this opportunity, parents. It is up to us to speak this to our children.
0: I love it. I love it. So be encouraged, you guys. And maybe this message wasn't just for our kids and what we do for them. Maybe it's for you too. Um, and the fact that um, I see so much fear. I see so much anxiety. I see so much uncertainty in the hearts and the minds of followers of Christ as if we've forgotten that God is in control. And even if the storm rages, we have been built on the rock. We're not built on the sand. And even when the storm comes and, and the unexpected happens, we have... Jesus. And just like God, the father looked at him and said, you are my kid and I love you. He says the same thing to us. He says, you are my kid. Yeah. You know, that's why being adopted at our baptisms into his family is so huge. So remind our kids, you're not my kid. You're God's kid. Yeah. And he loves you and he rejoices over you. So go be salt and be light and bring hope to a generation That is so wrapped up in fear, anxiety, stress, and has lost anything of the eternity. Yeah.
1: So, guys, you have yourselves a great day. Check us out on Instagram uh, at at Known Legacy, uh, Facebook, Known Legacy Ministries. Questions, comments, and concerns, check us out at info at knownlegacy.org. We'd love to stay in contact with you. Um,
0: yeah. and, uh, you know, if you're listening to us on a podcast or wherever you listen to us, man, if you could hit the subscribe button, give us a five star rating that helps out our ministry and mission a lot. And, uh, you know, as always, if you're looking to, uh, donate and make an impact in different, um, we'd love to be considered. And, uh, so you can go to knownlegacy.org and hit that donate button and, uh, support the mission and ministry of known legacy.
1: Yeah. By you, by you, uh, giving us five stars and giving us a review, you actually move us up and help other people get impacted by, w- by what we do. Thank you guys for your support. We're grateful for you. You guys have yourselves a great day. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to By Dads, For Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info
1: at